Hey, welcome to Hey Ass Butt. Welcome. Hello. So polite. Just a bunch of polite, polite lads. Yeah. Lads. We're here to be polite and drink some tea and say... Cheerio. 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 <laughs> Fuck that. Perhaps, perhaps even... Yeah. I'm sitting here with a Pabst PBR. Let's do this. A Pabst, Pabst Blue Ribbon, our Benjamin has. Yeah, I use ATM numbers. I use a, I use pen numbers. I use ATM machines. Yep. Yeah, the R's in my name stand for redundant. <laughs> There's a few Love, of them. Uh, the FBI investigation team. <laughs> what are, I'm trying to think of some other ones. NASA. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I I talked to the federal NASA FBI association. <laughs> the NASCAR I mean, race, or I think. I don't know what NASCAR stands for. Much like in this say, moment, we, can't, we couldn't figure out what we wanted to talk about, so we're going to do another What Are We Stuck On beginning. Yeah. I hope you like it. Travis, what have you been stuck on recently? Oh, I was hoping you would not let me go first because right. I've got fucking nothing. I'll, right. I'll go first. I'll go first. Yeah, Ari, I have what two do you got? things. Uh, uh, I have two things. So this is actually a little late because I was stuck on it for a really long time, and I've kind of unstuck myself from it, but I still really want to talk about it. So uh, the thing I've been stuck on is Hades, the video game. Yeah. It is very good. Hell yeah. I can confirm that Ari has been stuck on it, because Ari was late to a D&D campaign, because just (laughs) could not kill their character. So here, so for those of you who don't know, and I would highly recommend checking it out, Hades is a very good game. First of all, it's kind of beautiful. Second of all, the, the music is fucking awesome. Third of all, the characters are very memorable. And fourth of all, it's about Greek mythology. You know I'm into that. So Hades is about Zagreus, the son of Zeus, who is trying to escape Hades. Uh, he has some allies, including Nyx, the goddess of night, uh, Achilles, the guy whose name is Achilles, uh, and then he has a whole bunch of enemies, including Hades himself. It is a rogue-like game, light, rogue-like, right? Rogue-like. Yeah, rogue-like game, because... Basically, he tries to escape, he keeps getting killed, and it restarts you back at the House of Hades, and you have to go through it all over again. But every time you do, you get a little bit stronger, you get access to new weapons and new abilities. Um, You can play in this mode where basically, like, you get more damage resistance things like that. So it's it's not quite starting over from the beginning because there are things that change, uh, conversations you have matter, etc., etc. Uh, it's a super good game. Would highly recommend. Um, one of the things that helps you try to escape is that Zagreus makes contact with several Olympian gods who then give him boons, which are basically different abilities that he uses. And one type of boon is called revenge damage, where if you take damage, it'll hurt, also hurt, um, uh, 
your enemies and I had taken a revenge damage boon was trying to kill Zagreus because I didn't want to give up on this run and it literally took me like 30 not 30 minutes it took me a while though like I was standing around doing nothing and I beat a mini boss fight by just standing around doing nothing (laughs) and then got through a whole nother room before I fucking died, which is, it was just from revenge damage that my enemies were taking. It was super fun, but also like kind of ridiculous. The entire time I was just like, when will it end? When will it end? Uh, It was crazy. It'll never end. You can't, you can't just save in the room. I found, I found out like right after that, but I didn't know that at the time. And I was like, I don't want to lose my progress because I thought you had to save in the house of Hades. No, you can save, you can save during a run. I was just like, okay, this is fucking ridiculous. But yeah, it's a super fun game and it's, it's one of the most satisfying games I've ever played because, um, these other characters like taunt your failures so when you beat them for the first time it it feels really good in a in a way that i don't think other video games that i've played have really managed to capture like when i defeat a dragon in skyrim i'm not like victory is mine i'm just like oh cool i beat another dragon i've been doing this since like the very beginning of the game so so yeah Hades would highly recommend you can get it on Steam this is not a sponsored post (laughs) or is it I don't know uh, it's available on Switch yes it is is it on every console I know it's on Playstation it's probably on Xbox yeah Yeah, it's on everything it came on PS5 like a week ago I think hell yeah oh I I also beat Portal 2 um I finally nice. finished Portal 2, and uh, that's definitely one of those games where it's like, oh no, we've accidentally created the best game of all time. Whoops. Yep. Uh, it's really good. It is solid. Yeah. Uh, I love GLaDOS possibly more than anyone else on the planet. She's so good. She's so fucking good. She's amazing. And I love Wheatley, too. Yeah. Sorry. So that's what I've been stuck on, is uh, Hades, a super good game. Highly recommend Probably, I would say probably get it through Steam so you don't have to pay that Nintendo tax, but yeah. um, definitely playing on console versus keyboard and mouse has its, you know, advantages and disadvantages. I'm not sure how much it is on Switch. If it's if it's over $25, that's fucked up. Uh, I don't think it is over $25. Oh, yeah, that's true. I guess it's not like a Nintendo game. <laughs> well, they still like to charge extra for, like, even stuff that's from like indie developers like the guy that or the people that made the binding of isaac like kept releasing new versions of the game because they kept adding content to it and like a version that was for switch stayed 60 dollars, and it it was like almost a fucking launch title yeah it was insane um it looks like on Steam, it's like twenty five bucks, twenty four ninety nine, and then on Switch, let me see if I can find it. Give me a second to do that. Do do do. It is twenty four ninety nine on the eShop. 
Oh, okay, cool. Nice. That's cool. It's thirty for not eighty-eight if you want to buy it through Amazon, like the physical game copy. Speaking yeah. of the Switch, did y'all see that uh, Skyward Sword is getting an HD remake for the Switch? Yeah. Yeah. It's getting like insane quality of life improvements. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, I'm actually going to play it this time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm honestly thinking about it because I've seen the final boss fight from it and it seems pretty dope. Yeah. And apparently, um, I, these are just rumors, but people are thinking that they wanted to get this out before they started giving more news about Breath of the Wild 2 mm-hmm. because it's going to start bo- borrowing a lot more lore from Skyward Sword. Oh. And that's that's what people have kind of been interpreting from the uh, the Breath of Wild 2 trailers that have been released. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So the uh, the general like consensus is that in Breath of the Wild 2 you're going to be going back to Skyloft. Hmm. Okay, I would be cool with that. Because it's like Skyward Sword is the beginning of the timeline, and then Breath of the Wild is the end of the timeline. Right. Breath of the Wild 2 is like post-end of the timeline, so it's like, yeah. Holy shit. I think it'll be, uh, and I, uh, it's going to be cool. I, I think we agree that we all definitely understand these the Legend of Zelda timeline. Duh. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, obviously. You'd have to it's be the a, most straightforward thing. It's so straightforward. <laughs> You'd have to be a complete fucking idiot not to, because it's so simple and easy to understand. I feel I like y'all... <laughs> <laughs> y'all need to look at Tekken. Y'all need to look at... Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, do you know how many Mishima family members are in Tekken? Me fucking no. neither. <laughs> My eyes just like fucking glazed over as I yeah. st- I like stared into yeah. the flame. You know what I mean? Like the fire yeah. and was just like, why are these Japanese video game properties? Like, why are the timelines so complicated? It's it's just so unnecessary. Or is it? It's I don't know. incredibly unnecessary. Uh, and then Metal Gear seems easy, but then you find out that there's MSX games yeah. Nothing shakes head and weirdly, but yeah, yeah. no. I, uh, I will go ahead and say I do understand the Zelda timeline pretty much, and I do like it. Like I think it's really interesting and adds a lot of flavor. And mm-hmm. I like I like the idea of like this reincarnated hero. <laughs> I saw a Tumblr post a while back that was like, "Can you imagine living in the Zelda universe and everything's going fine, and then suddenly a blonde-haired, blue-eyed child named Link is born, and you're just like, oh fuck, shit's about to get fucked up.' Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and I think that's very funny." <laughs> And I, I, you know, I, I do enjoy shit like that. And obviously, loved Breath of the Wild. Fucking loved that yeah. game so much. Um, really excited for Breath of the Wild too. Now, if only Nintendo could re-release Twilight Princess and Wind Waker on the Switch, like I would yeah, be that's golden. Like, I've I've heard so many people talk about that because they released it on the Wii U, hmm. which was like the only reason to get a Wii U besides Splatoon. Um. So, yeah, I think. I I don't know. I I think that if they are going to do it, I think they would need to 
re rearrange some stuff because they had it set up for the two screen thing where you basically always had your menu open in your second screen. Yeah. So I think they would need to, like, I don't know, go I mean, back to the old style. I don't really remember. I didn't. I don't really play Wind Waker on the GameCube, but uh, Twilight Princess on the GameCube did not have the menu open. Well, nor, yeah, because there was no there, there was no bonus screen in your hand for it to be open all the time. Right. Nor did they have that on the Wii, which is how I basically like once the Wii came out. It could actually play the GameCube game, like you don't have to get the separate like Wii version. Mm-hmm. Um, I will go ahead and say I am just not a fan, and I'm not. I don't really use it on the Switch either. I'm just not putting those fucking little Joy Cons in my hands and flipping my hands around. I'm just not waving my arms to get shit done. I don't like it. Yeah, well, that's why they did the quality of life improvements to Skyward Sword. Right. Yeah. Because Skyward Sword was exclusively. Oh my god. Uh, yes, I remember uh, motion controls. Yep. And that game was a fucking nightmare for me to play because I hate the motion controls so much. Mm-hmm. Flying in that game was such a fucking pain because of because you get like a little bird friend who flies you around and shit. And I right. was constantly getting turned in the wrong direction and like meaning to go up but going down because it was like backwards. And I was just like. I fucking this is awful. Give me a, give me like an A B X Y <laughs> joystick situation, please. I'm begging you, Nintendo. And then they did that, and this is why I prayed to Nintendo instead of God. So yeah. <laughs> trade off is you know more of my prayers have been answered from Nintendo than they have been from God. I will go ahead and say that. Yeah, Nintendo is definitely a lot more consistent. For, for sure. Very true. For sure. And only slightly more expensive than my time in the church. <laughs> yeah, but if we text churches like we text Nintendo. Good point. Yeah. But no, uh, I will say like a dream announcements for Nintendo is Ocarina of Time. On the switch, end oh. of statement. End of no. statement. Fuck you. No. End of statement. I wanted we to play do it again. Not need more yes, we do. Ocarina of Time. We are done. We are done with Ocarina it. of Time as no, a society. We no, we are not because it's yes, the best randomizer. Are. It's so fucking good. It's really good, guys. Well, then keep playing your randomizer. We do not need Ocarina of Time on the Switch addendum to the statement I made a second ago and said it was over. We need Legend of uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time randomized on the Switch. <laughs> and I mean the 3DS version too because that version like recently came out to be randomized for like speed runs and shit. Oh, and, nice. oh my god, does it look so fucking good. Oh, I mean, man. if they yeah, if they are going to bring Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask to the Switch, it's it's just going to be the ports of those two. Oh, I don't think they'll do anything fancy to it. That I'm okay with that. Like, yeah, just upscale it from I think is the best. I think the 3ds XL could do at the time was like 720p, but like a foot away from Maybe. your face. 
that's still pretty fucking good. Uh, I do yeah. want Twilight Princess. Just put all of the Legend of Zeldas on the Switch. Like, why aren't they? Well, you know, they did. Um, they did the Mario 3D Collection. Yeah, and that's good. So I think. They if have. they were going to do a Zelda 3D collection, it would be Ocarina of Time, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess. Majora's Mask. Or or Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, uh, Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. It would be one of those combos. I or fucking maybe all four of them, because Ocarina of Time and, Win- and Majora's Mask are small compared to those other two. They're Honestly, I could small. see them doing like an Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask thing because that is the sequel well and they've done that before they had Mm. a disc for the gamecube that was ocarina of time majora's mask ocarina of time master quest and a 15 minute demo for wind waker nice and do you know what most of that disc was uh wind waker yeah trailer yeah yeah which is hilarious but yeah uh I, yeah, we'll fucking see. I think we're going to see some more crazy announcements before the end is over or the end of the year. I Probably. I would be okay with Ocarina of Time on the Switch. It would be really nice to have all the all the Zelda games on one console, especially since like um I really 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 want to play Twilight Princess again and mm-hmm. I just have no way to unless I download an emulator I guess. Yeah, well I yeah. or I could let you borrow my Wii U that's been in a box for the last two and a half years. Yeah. I would really 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 like to play Twilight Princess again, but I would not like to do it on the Wii U. So yeah. I mean honestly, it's not bad. Do you have Twilight Princess cuz I don't anymore. It's gone. Yes, I do. Oh hell yeah. All right, well, maybe we can work I've got out. the Twilight Princess and uh, Wind Waker HD nice. for the Wii U. Nice. So, uh, if you ever do want to play it, just let me know. Oh, we're going to pass that some bitch around. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I will say Twilight Princess is probably my favorite of the Zeldas. Of course it is, you fucking edgelord. Hey now, let I'm not tell, an edgelord, and it was my favorite too, alright? Let, let me tell you why it is my favorite. Until Breath of the Wild. Why is that? The fucking gadgets and the items and shit. The I'll give mobile, you the double claw shot. The double claw shot kicks ass. The fucking spin top is cool. It's really situational, but it's a cool yeah. idea. I was going to say, like, it's a cool idea, but it yeah. was like, okay, this is the most dungeon exclusive item of all time. Oh, fuck yeah. And then also the collecting of the bugs and then the ending of that quest is just fucking great. I don't think I ever got all the bugs. I didn't you, have enough patience to get the bugs. You should get all of the bugs because the it, ending is that of that the quest, thing where you get, that's how you get bigger wallets, right? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then once you have the biggest wallet, it makes it worth it to get the magic armor. Very much so. Uh, but also, just the ending of did you ever collect all the bugs, Ari? Yes, I did. Do you remember what what's her name does? Yes, and it's super. It's it's horrifying yeah (laughs) she sets all of the bugs on you to attack you oh my god (laughs) it's really great (laughs) also um i really like twilight princess because one midna is just the best companion character yes that is Um, that is a solid choice i like uh oh my god what's her face from majora's mask the fairy I can't remember Tattle? her name. Tattle? Tattle. Tattle, yeah. yeah. I like Tattle, all right. And um, 
the boat from Wind Waker's pretty good too. Obviously, Navi super annoying, and Fee is just fucking boring as shit and also very annoying she talks like way too much she really handholds the player which i find pretty obnoxious because it's fucking zelda like Mm -hmm. i think skyward sword was the third zelda game i played i think um hopefully that's another little like adjustment that they made uh with her yeah um because she's she 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 just uh, much like Navi, she just kind of needs to like take a break. Um, but Midna, I think, is better than Tattle because, well, okay, it's been a while since I've played Majora's Mask, but I just liked her story so much. I liked the di- displaced like royalty aspect of her story. I love like how she's such a dick in the beginning, but then Princess Zelda sacrifices herself to save Midna's life and she gets like really serious about it but she's still funny and like kind of a dick um I like her character design both as like imp and hot lady Midna um and I think she's like I don't know probably like the most useful companion until Breath of the Wild she has an arc she's useful and she's cool yeah, I, I mean, I would say that the boat is the most useful because <laughs> without it, there's no game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I'll give also you true, that, but also also true for Midna. Like, if you don't have Midna, you're stuck as a wolf. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. true. Yeah. And she basically destroys the castle in the end of the game, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Not destroys the castle; she takes on the force field that's around the castle. So. Also, she opens doors and shit, and then uses her hair to, like, fling you around places, which is pretty fun. Uh, also, she's basically how you jump as a wolf, because she, like, yeah. leads you there. She's and also then, how you attack dudes. What else do I like? Uh, I mean, the Ganon fight's pretty fun. Obviously, the best Ganon fight, I think, personally, is... Um, or at least the most, like, metal one is probably Wind Waker. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Hands down. But, Because yeah. you actually get to sword fight Ganon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Ganondorf. Like, you get to fucking spar with him, and then you end by shoving the Master Sword deep into his skull. Yeah. Incredible. Uh... What else do I like about Twilight Princess? I don't know. A big part of it for me is the nostalgia aspect of it. Like, it was the first Zelda game I ever played and the first video game I ever completed. So, that's a thing. Nice. I don't know. Oh, I like the little mailman guy who, who comes up to you and is like fucking short shorts. He is dope. That outfit, <laughs> that outfit, so iconic. It's a bonus outfit in Breath of the Wild. Like, that's how good it oh, is. Oh, yeah, in the DLC. Yeah. And, um... I never finished the fucking Postal Quest, ever. Never. And I didn't do it in Ocarina either. It's a thing in Ocarina, right? Did I make that up? Um, no, it is. You can, it you is. Can well, there's always the, a trading quest. Yeah. Like, I think you're talking about the uh, the math quest, and then for, like, the bunny hood, you have to find the running man at, like, a set amount of time. Yeah. And there is a quest that you can't beat in Ocarina of Time. I think, Which I is? Think, you think yeah. what? 
I think the post souls are just a thing in Ocarina of Time. Like they're an enemy that attack you. But in Twilight Princess, they're like a thing you collect and then you oh, the give pose. it to this dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I you thought you were saying dude. postal. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. The oh, pose. Yeah, no. Oh, the yeah. pose, the giant pose. Like you collect 10 and you get another uh, piece of heart container. That's right. That's right. That's right. In Twilight Princess, you collect them and you give them to this dude. And I don't remember what he gives you because I did a couple of them and I was like, I fucking hate this. He's and the dude that, that's how you get a bigger wallet. The butt girl's how you get a bigger wallet. Let's see. Ah, yes, the internet. All of our answers. All right. Who's taking home the crown prize of being the most right about Zelda? Ah, God, isn't it telling me what the fuck it? What they do, son of a oh bitch. Fuck you, IGN. Damn it, IGN. We trusted you. Oh no, yeah, the bugs is a larger wallet. What does the what the fuck did the pose do? I thought that was just like a in Twilight Princess. It was just a a thing you did. Let's see. Oh yeah, no. For twenty souls, you get a bottle filled with great fairy tears. I don't remember what that does, but for sixty souls, you get infinite rupees. Ah, uh, yeah. Bas uh. Basically, it's this guy, and he's through some, like, shenanigans. He's lost his soul, and he's basically been turned into gold, and he's sitting on this, like, golden throne with all of these, yeah, like, I, I with all these golden guy. rupees around him, right? Yeah, and if you, he's like, please collect my soul and make me human again, or whatever, and you do it, and I never finished it because I don't, I don't like the pose, I don't like fighting them, and, mm -hmm. um... Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan of them. Anyways, are you guys... I, I know we really only talked about my thing I can't let go, but you, are you guys ready to talk about Supernatural? <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted yeah. by Zelda again. Let's keep talking about video games. Let's do this. We a conversation about Zelda, and that's fine. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. I, <am laughs> I really didn't have anything. <laughs> like so many things in life, it turns to Zelda once again. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is one of the greatest video game series of all time, so... It does track. Indeed. Well, yeah, I'm I'm ready to talk about Supernatural. Yeah, let's do this. Let's fucking do it. Travis. Travis. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Travis, this week we are talking about the episode Pac-Man Fever. What is it about? Uh, Sam and Dean go to an arcade and they try to put a 20 in the token machine and it only gives them back like two tokens. And so they have to talk to the manager and the manager is like, I don't know what to tell you, man. I don't, uh, we call someone in to fix the machine and he probably won't be here till next week. And Sam and Dean are just like, oh, damn. 
from the title alone, Travis, do you want to guess who uh, wrote this episode? Oh, I already know. I was reading the Wikipedia page. I was reading the Supernatural Wiki for it as I was watching the episode because I know I could tell immediately that this was a fucking Robbie Thompson episode. You would be correct. Anyway, let's talk about it. Hell yeah. <laughs> And we're back. All right. This oh, oh boy. So, I didn't hate this episode, but I did groan almost every single time Charlie opened her mouth. Yeah. About half of Charlie's dialogue was just uh, Okay, referential guys, humor. I I have something to confess. What's that? This episode made me ugly cry. <laughs> I mean, sob. Really? Yes, it made me just like alone in my basement, just like. <laughs> and I will Holy explain shit, why, because I have a. Oh god, thank you, thank you, Ben. I have a good reason for it. A good yeah. personal nostalgia reason. Okay. Oh, nostalgia reason. All right. Mm. But first, I want to get into the rest of the episode because it, it doesn't really become relevant until the end. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I had a feeling. Real quick, I will sum up what happens during this episode of Pac Man Fever. The episode begins with Dean waking up in a 1950s army hospital and being very confused as he is attacked by video game vampires, not like real vampires, like dumb video game ones. He's doing his best, and then we cut to 24 hours earlier, where Sam and Dean are having a kind of fight because Dean doesn't believe that Sam can hunt and uh, due to the damage that the trials are doing on his body. Um, Sam is looking way worse for wear, but before they can get into further, Charlie shows up. She has a case for them. She's gotten super into hunting, and whoa, she's read those Supernatural books that were published by Chuck <laughs> several years ago, uh, and knows all about their histories, which is both creepy and hilarious. We then figure out that people have gone missing and then shown up dead with all of their insides basically turned to goop uh, when Sam and Dean or, sorry. So Dean actually says that Sam is benched for this one and that he's going to take Charlie with him. They find a pantsuit for her and then go to harass the local coroner, who's the only person in the world who gives a shit about paperwork, apparently. Because she blocks them due to the fact that they don't have a chain of command paperwork. Obviously, this means that she is evil. They find out that, uh, there is a djinn who is attacking people, but not a regular djinn, a super special, awesome, super duper djinn who feeds off of fear and causes people's insides to turn to goop. Also leaves a blue handprint on the body. Um, Charlie hears this, kind of gets freaked out, and then decides to go home and look through her other identity passports um she gets kidnapped by the coroner who is the gin lady 
Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Sam and Dean find out through some light stalking and some light personal boundary crossing that Charlie has a mom who is in a vegetative state due to a car crash that happened when Charlie was 12. She got in trouble when she was 12 and basically went on the run and hadn't been seen since. Uh, Sam and Dean quickly figure out that the gin is the coroner lady and they track her down in record time only to find out that Charlie has already been poisoned and that there's actually two gin the woman's son. They dispose of them pretty quickly, and then Dean uses the African dream root from way back in season three to get into Charlie's head, essentially. She is in a video game called The Red Scare that she actually pirated, or when she was 12, uh, coded it to fill it with her, like, liberal agenda and then released on the internet for free this got her arrested and that's why she's been on the run and changing her identities and such they the point of the game is that they have to protect the patients from the vampires uh and of course the patients are sam who dean is worried about uh, due like the effects the trials are having on his body and Charlie's mom. Dean and Charlie have a very emotional conversation where Dean's like, you gotta let go, kid. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Charlie accepts the fact that her mother is gone and they are able to get out of the din gin dream. The episode ends with Sam and Dean hugging it out and coming to an understanding that they need to track down Kevin together and Charlie uh, finally taking her mom off of life support and reading The Hobbit to her as she does. Well, that's pretty much what happens. Hell so what, yeah. did you, what did y'all not like about this episode? Just the dialogue. Yeah. Just a- any Robbie Thompson episode, the dialogue is half, half of it is just fucking trivia references and it's very unnecessary. Like literally half of the dialogue could be cut out from this episode and nothing would change. I mean, I, uh, Robbie Thompson episodes, especially ones that involve Charlie, do have a lot of references. Um... I think the most notable one for me is they did yet another fucking I love you, I know thing. Yeah. That has happened literally every episode that Charlie has been in, and I'm just like, oh my god, we get it. Star Wars is a fucking thing. Please stop. Yeah. Um, so I did find that annoying, but I, honestly, I don't mind the references. Like, I don't think they're very good jokes. I didn't think this episode was very funny. I think the f- two funniest jokes to me were in the very beginning when Dean throws Sam a um, beer, and Sam doesn't even <laughs> lift his arms. He just, he just looks at it as it goes past him. <laughs> and then the other funny moment for me is when um so sam is basically like i'm off the bench investigating the second gin victim and charlie and dean show up to the crime scene that sam has already been at for like several minutes right and 
they're like, how did you beat us here? And Sam's like, well, I guess y'all are just fucking slow. And then Dean drives off to break into the coroner's office without Charlie and Sam. And Sam's like, don't worry, I stole your car. And I don't think I know where he's going. And then the next shot is Dean breaking into the coroner's office with Charlie and Sam standing inside the door. <laughs> it was, that was pretty good also. I was about to say it was hilarious. It wasn't that hilarious, but it was good. It was, I enjoyed it. It was good. It was a good yeah. gag. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I definitely wish like the humor had been more that and less like, come with me if you want to live. That was another reference that they made. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I didn't find it as egregious this episode as I think y'all did. I mean, it's not, it's not egregious. I just don't like it. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's definitely way more toned down in this episode. And I do think the dialogue when, like, they're in the dream or the nightmare mm-hmm. is good. But everything else just felt predictable and flat and fine. This this is, again, this has kind of been a theme this season. Um, the, the, so, the, so the thorough lines of the season, and by the season I mean our Habcast season and not Supernatural, have been... The supernatural episodes have gotten less funny. Mm-hmm. The tone's gotten a little more realistic, mm-hmm. and then the the climaxes have been rushed. Mm-hmm. It yeah, feels big time. it feels like acts one, two, three, and four. It wouldn't be Act 5. Act 5 is not where the climax is. It's Act 4. Acts 1, 2, and 3 are, like, super long, and we spend a lot of time on that. And then the climax is just like, oh, we gotta get somewhere. And then we fucking do it, and that's it. Yeah. Um, And that definitely was a thing this episode as well. I will go ahead and say I did like that they just got rid of the gin, though, because obviously the big climax of the episode was Dean and Charlie's uh, conversation. And I think if they had been cutting back to, like, Sam losing the fight with the child Jin, it would have been, one, just fucking embarrassing to watch Sam get beat up by a teenager. And two, um, although it is important to point out that Sam did kill a child this episode, so we'll get to that. Uh, but two, I think it would have cut from cut away from the conversation. And I do think that they did the right thing by not uh, doing that. Yeah. I mean, I do think it's funny that in the same episode that the show apologizes to Sam for his bad luck with the ladies, he also kills a child. I mean, he said he was of age. Eh, what's up? Yeah, he looked I, like a kid. He he looked like a fucking, like, 16-year-old. He looked yeah, green. I mean, and- like, of age, probably in the, like, he just had his bar mitzvah sense, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure when he said of age, he meant like just came into his gin powers. Yeah. What's uh what's the child kill count in Supernatural? Ooh, uh Seven. Is that a real number no, or did you just pull no that out idea. of your ass? Okay, so a lot of kids do die in Supernatural, um but they're usually not killed by our heroes. So oh, like, yeah, that's true. Lilith, I don't remember know if you remember this, but Lilith fed off of babies, so oh, yeah. like a lot of babies died. Obviously, you'll see like entire time towns wiped out. We can assume some kids died there. Sometimes mm. kids will get possessed by demons. And like, I mean, there was the kid that Lilith 
did the stuff. I don't know. Fucking know what happened oh, there. Right. Yeah. So, sometimes teenagers will die out in the woods, kind of like recreating classic like teen slasher movies. So eat your heart out, Fallout Two fans. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> so like a shit ton of kids die, but you know how many kids do Sam and Dean kill is the real question, and the answer is uh, not in memory before this one. Yeah, I think it's this is like single... the first like wet behind the ears death. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now Dean's threatened to kill a child before. Yeah. Uh, he threatened to kill um, the Kitsune kid in girl next door but i don't think we've like seen seen them kill a kid ever let's see let's do some more googling are you googling how many kids died in supernatural um i will i do want to commend this episode for one thing very specifically yeah and that is when dean wakes up in the cold open there's some like big band music playing on a record and I want to give props to whoever's call this was to use a song that wasn't Glenn Miller's in the mood. <laughs> like, thank <laughs> fucking Christ. This is a pet peeve of mine. Yeah. Because anytime something is set in the forties, you're going to fucking hear Glenn Miller's in the mood. I feel like you've talked about this on the podcast before. I've either talked to I I know I have ranted about it on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I know you've I I know that you don't like it when people play Glenn Miller's in the Glenn because Miller's it's in just, the mood. It's the most obvious song, sure. And there's so much other stuff that's probably cheaper to use. Mm-hmm. I want to say good job to Supernatural. Okay, so another confession of mine: I don't think I've seen this episode before like today what i think i skipped it for some reason when i was originally watching probably because you saw it was written by robbie thompson and you were like nah i I don't think that was it because i actually really like charlie like i really do oh that's right i don't love all of her episodes like i found larp and the real girl to be kind of blah but um i i do like charlie i don't remember why i skipped it it's possible it was an accident uh because i was just like binging them on netflix so maybe i accidentally skipped it for some reason i don't know but uh this is my first time seeing this episode and from the title pac-man fever and the opening i was like holy shit dean is trapped in a fallout game (laughs) (laughs) like pre the bombs fall and i was like oh my god so somehow they've done it they've they've either parodied fallout's ip or they got the ip and i was like what the fuck um but no that's not that's not what happened sadly but kudos to whoever tricked me into believing that we were about to get a fallout reference i appreciate that and i I, would have um, given them props for using the song i don't want to set the world on fire props oh yeah I don't understand why it was called Pac-Man Fever. So it was called Pac-Man Fever, and I did not know this, but Pac-Man Fever is actually a song. Right. So that's why. That's it? I mean, it's the only thing I can think of. God, fucking Robbie. Um, there, I mean, the video games do play into it, but not... 
Um, yeah, it uh, it's a lot less than. I mean, I figured it would either be about ghosts or be about video games. I don't. I honestly, you know what? I don't understand. I don't understand why this episode. That's that's a grievance I have with it. I actually have a, a couple of grievances with it. Um, I, I if you're gonna call it Pac-Man Fever. I'm going to think to myself, video games. And yeah, video games were kind of involved. But I don't understand why they weren't involved on the level of like the Looney Tunes were in the Looney Tunes episode. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, okay, so Dean and Charlie get trapped in a video game for like 10 seconds. Well, why not the, the whole fucking episode? Like, that would be super fun. Yeah, like when I when I saw the title Pac-Man Fever, I was hoping it would be something like Sam and Dean get trapped in I don't know some fucking labyrinth basement, mm-hmm. and they're chased around by like four fucking ghosts. That would have been fun. That would have uh, been fun. I'm like also, if you're stuck in a maze. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that would have been a you you could make that a very suspenseful situation. They get trapped in the binding of Isaac. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't want that. No one fucking wants that. No. Um, I honestly would have been okay with uh, literally anything. And I didn't hate this episode, but I did not enjoy the fact that they definitely set this up to be, like, about video games, and it was barely about video games. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, I would have taken, like, a witch, maybe, who traps their victims in video games. Yeah, yeah. but Robbie Thompson wanted to make the goddamn, uh, what's it fucking called, Wolfenstein reference. Because, like, how else are you going to get... That's what it was, Nazi zombies. Yeah. Or I guess it wasn't really Nazi zombies, but... I it's still kind of, yeah. No, they they weren't Nazi zombies at all. What? It all right. Look, it's it's in Wolfenstein. They weren't even like zombie soldiers. It was just Nazis that you were killing. Yeah, but they weren't Nazis. I'm confused by this reference. They also weren't zombies. They were vampires. I think you're just getting into the semantics of what I'm talking about. Okay, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like Nazi zombies is just a fucking Call of Duty game mode. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. That that's what I thought it was referencing. Mm-hmm. I I think it's just like all FPS is combined into one statement. Yeah, I mean it was into ref- like one. Um, the game in the show is literally about the Red Scare, so it kind of like does the job of like um, Night of the Living Dead, right? Mm-hmm. Where it uses monsters to uh, be a metaphor for the fear of communism or yeah. invasion of the body snatchers, right? Uh, I don't know. I guess it's set in like a military hospital. But yeah, yeah the point like that. the point yeah. is is that this game came out when Charlie was a child mm-hmm. or was going to come out, and she hacked it hacked into get the game and then recoded it to reflect her liberal values she says um so i guess like (laughs) 
I don't know what she she changes it to. She's like Democratic Democratic Socialist values, maybe. Like yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it was supposed to be an anti-communist game at first because yeah. it was called yeah. Red Scare. And then she was like, "Hey, I'm still anti-communism because I'm a liberal, but like, you know." we shouldn't dehumanize them <laughs> and uh, that's what i'm guessing <laughs> happened i don't fucking know uh she just added like that she made all the zombies gay and the nurses fell in love with all the girl zombies that's what i'm gonna go with um but i think there were actually vampires in the game i don't think there were zombies so uh would you like to know all of the references that are kept track of in on the trivia page on imdb oh god i'm good uh, yeah, honestly, unfortunately, we have a podcast, so we have to. It's a them. lot. Yeah, I'm gonna okay. guess Alien, Predator, yep. uh, Terminator. Uh, let's see, fucking did Star Wars again. There's probably a Pokemon <coughs> reference. The there was an Lord of the Rings, a Mockingbird reference. Yeah, there was because she's from Huntsville. Man, what a what a fucking reach. Yeah. What yeah, a fucking reach. That's a little much. Yeah. Uh, there was obviously references to other episodes of Supernatural, but um, a lot of J.R.R. Tolkien references. I'll go ahead and say that one of those references is only... Oh, there are two J.R.R. Tolkien references. Only one of them is really a reference. Uh, the other one is just the literal book showing up that he wrote. But the names mm. on Charlie's fake passports are Christine K. Le Guin and Anne Tolkien, obviously referencing oh. Ursula K. Le Guin and J.R.R. Tolkien. Okay, I thought I saw Tolkien. I, I like barely saw what was on the passports. I thought I saw Tolkien, and I was like, "There's no way." But I guess it was there. There was a way. Um. And then, oh my god when uh the bi- the big thing where i had to like pause and let out just the biggest longest sigh i've ever emitted in my life mm-hmm. was when charlie wakes up from being like kidnapped by the gin g- and just says the words wilhelm scream jesus yeah that was a little much <laughs> That was just like, oh, God. I would have rathered the Wilhelm scream just be put in somewhere. Yeah. It could have worked in the video game, and that would have been, like, fine. Yeah. I like a good Wilhelm scream. Yeah, but when it's, like, something that's, like, fucking ready playing wanting, like, all over the goddamn place. Yeah. That's when it would be a bit much. So what did we like about this episode? Change tracks. Uh, I mean, I liked the, I liked the relationship that Dean and Charlie have cultivated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It seems like a very like sibling-ish kind of relationship. Yeah. Um, and I I just really liked Dean showing Charlie the ropes on how to be a be a hunter. Mm-hmm. Oh, another joke that I liked was um when charlie's trying on all the different outfits and you and and walking on sunshine is playing and you think it's a montage and then dean picks up charlie's phone and turns off the song and it turns out the music was diegetic the whole time and charlie's like oh montage i thought that was funny um that was was solid that was a good gag yeah 
I will say I didn't like love the pantsuit reference in like the running gag that was Charlie's thing with pantsuits because when she first finds out that she's going to be impersonating an FBI agent she's like oh um do I have to get a fucking pantsuit and then she tries on a bunch of different outfits and some of them are like cooler and then eventually lands on a boring brown pantsuit (laughs) and then later in the episode when Dean and Sam are breaking into the um uh, morgue to check the bodies uh, she distracts the gin coroner by um, asking her opinion on pantsuits which the gin actually had a, polite, a lot of advice on and I did, I did appreciate that when did y'all realize that the gin was the gin and when was it immediately yes um, the minute I was like, oh my god, an authority figure doing her job? She must be fucking evil. <laughs> it took me a little longer than that. I, I mean, I it, it took it took me for her to be showing up at the morgue after hours for no reason. Yeah. I, I mean, don't not think, for no reason, but... I don't think a lot of late night cor- coronering goes on in anywhere. Yeah. Not in fucking Kansas. Yeah, no. What about you, Ben? What did you like? I liked when it ended. I'm kidding. Uh, I did. <laughs> I did like like during the nightmare that we talked about earlier. Just that dialogue was fucking good, and then just the real Sam and Dean actually having a heart and heart, just talking about their fucking feelings. Finally. Oh yeah, that was good. And just like a good hype brotherly moment of let's go find our goddamn prophet. I thought that was cool. Uh, Dean and, hugs Sam, and yeah. it's not a, and no one is dying yet. Yeah, technically, yeah, which is kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. So, I so I also really liked the scene between Charlie and Dean, and basically how that dial. It's really good. It's just really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Where we find out that what Charlie is scared of is not the zombies or what she did in her past. It's the fact that her that she's going to have to let go of her mom. Yeah. And she blames herself for her parents' death because they were going to pick her up from a sleepover that she was scared at, and they were hit by a drunk driver. And that's another fucking thing I liked. Because for a second, when Charlie freaked out when she realized it was a gin, and this is something that I don't think quite worked in the episode, because... She, they had to get Charlie away from Sam and Dean and out of the bunker because it's an impenetrable fortress, pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. So they had her kind of freak out and then be like, I'll go pick up food, ha ha ha. And then Sam and Dean kind of like, why is she acting so fucking weird? And then she goes back to her apartment, which it turns out is really fucking close. Um, and she's pretty much lived there, like, I guess for a while. And also her mom is in town. So that's all super convenient. Um... I don't know how far Topeka is from wherever the bunker is. I can't remember what city it's in, what town in Kansas. It's like in the middle of nowhere, right? Yeah. I think it's like close to a small town, though. Mm -hmm. Hold on. But um, 
I thought that was all a little too convenient. And then for a split second, I was like, oh my God, Charlie was interested in the gin case because her, her, her parents were killed by gin. And then I was like, mm. oh no, who, no supernatural reason. Because that would have been too fucking much. It would have been too much. Yeah. I liked the fact that it was just a fucking car crash. Because sometimes tragedies happen and they're not related to anything. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually they were swerving uh, to try to not hit a, a werewolf who had just gone in the road. I there hate you go. Shut up, Travis. No, it was no. <laughs> it was they were hit by a drunk driver, and the drunk driver was just drunk because sometimes drunk drivers are drunk. <laughs> or they were hit by a drunk werewolf. Okay, <laughs> we're not doing this. No werewolves. Werewolves are gone. We're done with werewolves. They were hit by a drunk gin. There we go. <laughs> no. You know what it was? The gin they was literally gin, though. It was the alcohol. They were on the way drink. to the to the uh, to pick up Charlie, and there was a in the road okay. on a ball that i will accept <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you mean to tell me that it was one of those trick bears and now charlie has sworn re- look the point <laughs> i'm trying to make is that charlie has gotten into hunting this episode and do you know why she's in hunting because she just kind of thinks it's neat and is that super smart not really but I like the fact that, like, oh, man, someone's involved in hunting and they didn't have a horrible tragedy happen to them. And the mm-hmm. horrible tragedy they did happen to them is just because, like, sometimes bad things happen. I kind of like that. I'm into it. Uh, I also thought it was interesting because Charlie getting into hunting was basically the same way that someone gets into, like, fandom. Yes. Uh, because Charlie basically had like a huge dissection of all the lore and like different monsters and how to kill them and basically had done all of her own research already. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was super interesting. Yeah, she just needs like the practical elements to it. Well, so I like how she found the books. I, th- I-, I like how the books yeah, came that, back. That was pretty great. She's. I, it, I watched the in the little like opening stinger uh, before the cold open. Mm-hmm. Just watching that, I was like, the books came back, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Charlie says to Sam and Dean, "Hey, thanks for saving the world." And she turns to Sam and goes, "Also, sorry about uh, sorry about your luck with the ladies." And Sam's like, "We have to find every one of those books and burn them." And then Charlie yeah. goes, well, "Good luck. They're on the internet now." And I love that. <laughs> I that's great. Ten out of ten for that. Uh, because Sam is not a Luddite, he understands that the them being on the internet is like they're never coming off. They're they're mm-hmm. there now. It's done. Um. So, do you want to hear about the part that made me ugly cry, like a like a child? Yeah. Yes. Weeping openly. Okay. Here's what it was. It was pretty much the conversation between Charlie and Dean that fucking did did me in but then specifically when Charlie was talking about how her mom read The Hobbit to her and Uh, how the reason why Charlie is into everything she's into is because of her parents um because I don't have a lot of memories of my childhood but one of my memories is 
me sitting in the car while my dad goes into Books a Million to buy The Hobbit for me. And I just was fucking gone. Just like, I love The Hobbit. It's one of my favorite books from my childhood. Um, I also have a parent connection with it. Somebody I love dying is obviously like a fear of mine. So I was just like... <laughs> and then when Charlie went into the went into the room to say goodbye to her mom and then read the Hobbit to her, I was just like, "Oh my god, I can't! I fuck Supernatural. You have <laughs> torn me asunder." I was I was just like fucking bawling. So um, yeah, that's why. That's fair. Yeah, nice. And I yeah. and I really loved that. I also will go ahead and say this. <sighs> Okay, so this is where we're like, let's connect real-world stuff to this. So, did y'all pick up on a sort of, like, um, a message about maybe, like... Uh... Like, leaving people on life support? Oh, the Terry Shiva thing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Terry Chivo thing. Kind of? Yeah, I I did. I, I kind of, I got that when um, Dean went to the hospital. Mm-hmm. When, when did the Terry Chivo thing, like, resolve? Oh, it was years before this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just thought the timing of that was interesting. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know... Terry Shavo was a woman who, um, and I don't remember every detail, but she basically uh, had an accident and was brain dead and was left on life support. And there was a huge court case about it because her husband wanted to take her off life support, but her family wanted to leave her on. And I don't quite remember how it resolved, but I'm pretty sure it resolved with her coming off life support. Um, yeah, because she was, in a, right. she was brain dead. She was in a vegetative state. There was nothing that could be done. I personally am on the side of like I do think it I do think choice matters. I think it's important for people to have a living will, but if I'm in a vegetative state and there's no hope, let me go. Yeah. Um I'm also a supporter of death with dignity laws as long as they're mm-hmm. done smartly and are not being used to encourage like people with disabilities to take them. Um, but if you actually look into like who uses death with dignity, it's not people, at least in the U S I can't speak for the, I can't speak for Europe. Um, but in the U S where we have it, it's people with like terminal illnesses that are very painful and not like people who have, um, like, disabilities and things like that. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I definitely got that from this episode with Dean telling Charlie, you have to let her go. And then Charlie turning that back to Dean and being like, but you can't let Sam go. And there's a chance he's going to die from these trials. Um, and Dean ends the episode by basically being like, you're right. I can't let Sam go. And I'm never going to. All right. Mm-hmm. Bye. <laughs> uh, so how are we feeling about that? 
about how Dean feels about Sam. Yeah, it's kind of like the one of the morals of the episode, I feel like, is like letting go of... Well, and it's actually a big theme in Supernatural. The whole... I think you can connect this pretty easily to the whole what's dead should stay dead. It's important yeah. to let go. Yeah, even of your loved ground, ones. Yeah. Like, if they're gone, then they're gone. And it's sad, but you have to remember them and move on. Um... Mm-hmm. And Dean admitted at the end of this episode that he cannot do that. At least with Sam, so. Yeah, I I mean, like, that's also been a huge thing in the show in general. Like, the brothers can't really get on without each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I think, um, I feel like in some ways it was Dean saying, like, if Sam goes, I'm going to. Yeah. Hey, Travis, and how many more seasons of the show are there? <laughs> what we haven't told Travis is that seasons 9 through 15 hey, are about Sam and Dean going to hell many. and taking it over. Okay? Yeah, my, my point is that, like, I love how, like, it's just, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, I mean, obviously Sam and Dean aren't going to die soon. I mean, or if they mm. do die, it's not permanent. But, like, you know, it's still yeah. you talk, talk about these things. I mean, watching... Yeah, no, when it first came out, when this episode first aired, I remember having a conversation with my family about, like, if one of them was going to die soon. And we legit <laughs> thought that Sam was going to die, probably first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We all had thoughts, you know? We all had thoughts. Mm -hmm. Hey, real quick aside, uh, so basically the second death is these two kids who find it, these two teenagers, and one of the teenagers is the Jin son, but the other one is actually uh, Manny Jacinto, I think is how that's pronounced, who is best known for Jason Mendoza on The Good Place, and uh, I did not recognize him at all, but The Good Place is great. Um, 10 plus plus would re- recommend so yeah check that out so yeah 10 out of 10 good place is 10 out of 10 hell yeah so um, what else about this episode that we want to talk about get our feelings out on Do we um, have a good cry over maybe yeah I don't know I was just I was on the Terry Shivo case wikipedia and it's just as complicated as it seems. Yep. Yep. So. Um, I think that's the other thing oh, that I made think me just balls. Just like, yeah, that, that stuff just makes me cry. Just like, this, um, tears. Just to go back to a thought we had a little bit earlier... I think I remember seeing a scene while they were in the bunker. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a map where um, there was a map of the United States with a bunch of like string, like string and pins uh, on it. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it seemed like they were all focused on a certain point. So if I had to say, um, I think the bunker is technically supposed to be in the direct center of the United States. Hmm. Like the actual physical geological center of the United States, at least from east to west. 
So I looked up where the bunker is, and it's actually near Lebanon, Kansas. Ah. And I'm pretty sure the center of the United States is actually in Missouri, but I could be wrong on that. But also, if you told me that Missouri said, holy shit, it is Lebanon, Kansas, all right? (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah, located about two miles northwest of Lebanon, Kansas. Hell yeah. So, holy shit. We did it, guys. Good job, Supernatural. All right. Uh, are you guys ready to get into some IMDb reviews? Some Hell yeah. Some in- I am so ready. I'm already looking at them. Indip, as they call them. Uh, I would like to go ahead and read out and then tear down uh, the one out of ten review, which I am yeah. shocked to see. I have seen much worse episodes of Supernatural and, like... They didn't have one out of ten reviews. Like, this season, I've seen much worse. And I I don't think this episode is perfect. I do have some issues with it, as previously mentioned. But, like, one out of ten is a little... This is from Otto Borg. And it's called... It's titled, Mary Sue is not an instruction manual. Fucking awesome. Enough of this Mary Sue bull. Just sick of Charlie. What a terrible character. A character with no flaws or shortcomings was a boring character, and the XDDD so quirky references are gratingly cringe-inducing. Seriously, super hacker, crack shot, and flirting with every girl in sight is just so tedious. Had to take a two-month break from the series just to prepare for the episode, and then there's an outfit (laughs) montage. That's as far as I've gotten. I might need copious amounts of alcohol to continue. Everything that doesn't involve the worst character in modern times seems to be pretty different. Mutant button whenever Charlie is on screen might be helpful. Well, all One right, out of ten. Raven Darkness Dementia's way. No, I, 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 I think, think I think Reddit its damn self left this review. Yeah, I, this is. I think this is. I do not think Charlie is a Mary Sue. First of all, she has flaws. She's not perfect. She's yeah. not. She she. Okay, so they do have a little scene in the episode where she's a crack shot. Um, she, basically, earlier in the episode, Sam's like, "I can hunt," and Dean's like, "All right, if you can hit." the target they go to the shooting range i guess they have at the bunker and dean's like if you can hit the target then i'll let you come hunt with me and he doesn't even get close right and then they do and then when charlie's like i'm going with you to hunt this gin they don't know it's a gin but i'm going with you to hunt this thing dean's dean takes her to the shooting range and is like all right if you can hit the target and then before he even finishes talking she picks up the gun and shoots it twice it's a joke. Yeah. It's a joke scene, just to be like... It's a joke. It yeah. Was, that scene was definitely more about Sam than it was about Charlie. Yeah, and it was about, you know, making fun of, like, Dean's expectations and whatever. Um, yeah. I, I can see there being a plausible reason. I mean, Charlie's been on her own since she was, like, 12-ish, you know? So yeah. I can definitely understand how, in the United States, she would have learned to pick up a gun and fight. It's not like crazy. Yeah. I do think her hacking is a little ridiculous, but that's kind of been part of the character from the beginning. Yeah, hacking in media in general is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it's very 
uh, it's very it's, um, like magic. <laughs> it's just yeah, magic. Uh, people use hacking as magic. It's just yeah. magic. <laughs> and, and that yeah. is that is, that is a pet peeve of mine. It's a thing in leverage too, and I'm just like, Ugh, this is not how fucking hacking works. It's especially ridiculous when Hardison is bringing out like 2010 Palm Pilots and and yeah. hacking like fucking NATO. <laughs> you know what I? And I'm just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Um, but like. It, it's it's been a part of her character since the beginning you know if you don't like that aspect fine whatever but it's not new and the crack shop thing is not that crazy she also no. doesn't flirt with every girl in sight like she didn't flirt with anyone this episode and again she yeah. has flaws she's not the best character she's over eager without like considering the danger of the situation that's how she got fucking injured in the first episode um I would, d- this episode awkward, passes. Like, this episode passes the Bechtel test, right? Yes, it's two female characters talking about a not man yeah. for over a minute, even like mm-hmm. they, they, I yeah, mean, they're talking about clothes, long. but still. Um, she Charlie like doubts herself when she's confronted with something that she's not immediately good at or familiar with, which I feel like is a common thing with like quote-unquote gifted children mm-hmm. you know what i mean like um she you know she she has fucking flaws like she's not a mary sue she just isn't yeah um and i i think this review is just being a little unfair to her character because of that egregiously uh, like the fair yeah unfair sorry yeah and i yeah, I, I understand being annoyed with the references. Like we talked about that, I get it. But like, that wasn't even mo- like most of this episode wasn't just her references, like her making references. It's not as egregious as it was during the uh, first episode right. she was yeah, introduced yeah, 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 yeah. in, where it was yeah. literally every fucking sentence she yeah. said. Oh, quick aside. One of the other things I liked is the fact that Dean and Sam are just into LARPing now. <laughs> I, yeah, I did like that. Yeah, uh, I, I, I liked that a lot. Well, and, and to go back to the, like, kind of sibling re- relationship that Dean and Charlie are forming, like, Charlie was like, hey, are y'all going to come to this event? And Dean was like, wouldn't miss it. Yeah. I <laughs> like, it's her sweet. fucking recital or something, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I liked that. And I, I do like the fact that Charlie told Dean that, you know, she loved him and Dean didn't immediately mock her for it. I mean, uh, yeah. it was during the interaction where Dean then replied, I know, which like, we get it. Stop. Yeah. Is, is it going to, is this going to be a thing in every fucking episode that Charlie is in? Because this is ridiculous, but <laughs> yeah. All right. To be fair to that moment, at least it was them bonding and it was, it was used to like show how their friendship and relationship has has grown yeah which is cool i I think if that moment hadn't been preceded by two other moments of some nerdy guy professing their love to charlie and Mm -hmm. her just being like star wars reference yeah um then it would have been a nice moment even if it was a star wars reference well it actually i think would have been a cool meta reference because Dean Winchester is the Han Solo of Supernatural. Mm-hmm. So, I think that would have been kind of cool. Yeah. Not all references are bad, because sometimes yeah. they're lazy and egregious. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I, mm-hmm. I enjoy fun references to stuff. I actually really like the Ursula K. Le Guin reference, because um, do you know how many Ursula K. Le Guin references we get in things? Not a lot. Not one. many, yeah. Yeah, this one. This is it. Uh, read Ursula K. Le Guin. She's great. Ursi is delightful. The Letter in Darkness is the most beautiful book of all time. The Dispossessed is good. Just just read Ursula K. Le Guin. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's look at a good review this time. Do, 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 do. Oh, here's one that's the opposite. It's uh, 10 out of 10. Stop all you Charlie bashers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, Felicia Day, is awesome. I love her in this show. And in Eureka, she's funny, quirky, and a great play off Sam and Dean. I was. Oh, spoiler. Oh, oh, I'm going to stop reading there. Oop, don't read that oh, review, whoops. Travis. Oh, no. Nope, it's too late. I already read it. No. I read it way earlier. Didn't didn't process that it was a spoiler until you said anything. Oops. <laughs> well, all right. Well, since Travis already knows, I'll go ahead and finish the fucking review. I was sad when she was killed off, but thrilled Otherworld Charlie came back. Hope she's around for season 14. Well, bop, 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 bop. Uh, here's a 7 out of 10 review. Show is running out of ideas. The show is running out of ideas. Yeah. <laughs> the show the pack, is the pack, running out of ideas. <laughs> is the show running out of ideas, guys? The Pac-Man Fever episode is an okay episode. The Charlie and Dean characters blend well with the opposites of track scenario. I do not think that's what was happening there, <laughs> respectfully. Um, I don't really look at Charlie and Dean as opposite. I mean, Charlie is definitely different than Dean. They're not exactly the same. I just, you know, they're not exactly an Elizabeth's Mr. Darcy situation either. They complement each other well. They're yeah. very Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. They're very peanut they're, butter and jelly. Yeah. Yeah. The Charlie and Dean, or sorry, yeah. Uh, Charlie brings the human side of the Dean of, out of the Dean character. I agree with that. The Dean looking after Sam scenario is played out way too many times in Supernatural, but I guess that is what James Dean's job is as Sam's older brother. The Charlie character adds much humor to the episode. I will not ruin Pac-Man Fever, but I will say that this episode... Pac-Man Fever has one of the most bizarre endings for the Supernatural series. The episode shows the difference between the Y and X generations. The Pac-Man Fever episode is not to be taken seriously, but entertaining. I give this episode a Supernatural 7 out of 10 stars. A Supernatural 7 out of 10. Yeah. That means if this wasn't Supernatural, it'd probably be like a 4 out of 10. Yep. Okay, I just went to this person's profile. They're MM-39, a Canadian who works at the post office. So, (laughs) what I am getting at here is that I think it was interesting that this review kept referring to the Charlie and Dean characters. Like, it wasn't Charlie and Dean. It was their character. The Dean character. Yeah. The Charlie character. The Charlie character. Um, Also, I do not know how this shows the difference between the Y and X generation. I guess because <laughs> oh because yeah Dean's... because they're like this they're both the same age are they the same age I think I think Jensen Ackles think... is a little older than Felicia Day maybe a little bit and but I think Felicia Day is a millennial um I'd consider her she's, to be like she's an, older, an elder millennial yeah an elder millennial um Felicia Day let's look and see how old she okay she's forty two years old so yeah she's definitely an older millennial okay. Um, and then Jensen Ackles. 
They're close in age, though, because I don't think Jensen Ackles is older than Ford than in his forties. Oh, he's forty-three. Yeah. They're a year apart. Never mind. They're the yeah, same fucking that's ex- generation. That's exactly what I meant. <laughs> yeah, they're like the same age. This is this. Sh- they're the same fucking age. I mean, I, okay. Charlie, the character, Charlie, is younger. Charlie, the character is definitely supposed Dean. to be younger. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Charlie, the character, is definitely an elder millennial, whereas. Dean is definitely a younger Gen Xer, mm-hmm. but I do not understand how this shows the difference between the two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that doesn't make any sense. You know, to me. because all the millennials are like quirky references, and Gen <laughs> X is just like I'm depressed. <laughs> Gen, Gen X is like nothing matters. It's all irony, man. There's one thing I think you can uh, explain Dean characters like Dean is his nihilism. You know what I mean? Hmm. All right, let's look at a 10 out of 10 episode that is not just defending Charlie, that is also, doesn't have a major spoiler. Yeah, let's look at a 10 10 review. Okay, this may be the best Charlie episode, nice variant on the monster, Cubs and Culture. Hey, hello again, Cubs and Culture, we've seen you before. Jin are only used a few times in the show, but the show's version lends itself to psychological horror that other monsters do not necessarily have. That it is put to good use in this episode as it normally is. I think this episode can easily stand alongside what is and what should never be as just as engaging. That was the first Jin episode. Mm. Just as memorable and because of Charlie, almost as emotional. It is just a fully realized episode that is funny, unnerving, and touching. Charlie's backstory really lands. The use of the Hobbit makes per- perfect sense for the character and the story. And Charlie ends up feeling very part of the Winchester's world because of her life circumstances. Add in day gives a solid dramatic performance in addition. I think they meant Felicia Day. Felicia mm-hmm. Day gives a solid dramatic performance in addition to her goofball charm. And well, this is a classic of the series. Ten, I, out of, ten out of ten. I wouldn't agree with that. It's a classic no. of the series, but yeah, yeah. So I thought it was good. I do agree. I think it's the best Charlie episode we've seen so far. Definitely, that I can agree with, and probably the best one that we're gonna see. Anyways, I want to talk about one more thing before we wrap up, and that is the fact that we are so close to the end of the season and i feel like we have so far to go do you know what i mean just so far um yeah because we've got a whole nother trial to get to we don't even know where kevin is we don't know what the third trial is going to be uh what's crowley planning it, are those secret immortal nazis going to come back who knows the the neck the necromancers it's oh, a mystery. Man. I forgot about those guys. The There's, Nazi Mancers? The Nazi mm-hmm. Mancers? There are three episodes left, and I'm just like, how, how are the, how am them Duke boys going to get out of this one? Do you know what I mean? Just insane. Yep. So, Travis, the mm-hmm. next episode is called The Great Escapist. What is it about? The Great Escapist? Yeah. Little fucking Houdini episode. Hmm. 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 
escapist, Sam and Dean, are going to... They're going to do a heist, but they're going to do it bad so they can purposely get arrested. Then, once they're in jail, they meet up with a friend of their dad's and help him bust out. Do you think they'll bring them back the crime gloves? <laughs> They commit I so, so many crimes on this show. This episode alone, they broke into a morgue, stole a bunch of official documents, impersonated FBI agents. I don't know, probably sped. You know what I mean? Like, went over the speed yeah. limit. Well, maybe a little yeah. drinking and driving. Oh, they killed two Sam people did. also. Uh, Sam yeah. killed a child. <laughs> no, Sam is responsible. He would never. Dean probably will stop after this episode, but he definitely would have before. Um, Sam killed a child, and then they murdered another woman, who to the community are just normal fucking people, right? Like, not... Mm -hmm. They don't, like, video game character disappear after their death. They're not the fucking ghosts from Pac-Man, right? (laughs) Yeah. And yet, Sam and Dean have never worn gloves, except when they were committing the fake crime of breaking into a university, when will the crime gloves return? What are they, how do they clean up? How do they clean up the evidence of their wrongdoings? Like, I get that they're dead, but, like, they're in the system. They were, they've been arrested. They're in the... Oh, God. Okay, anyways. <laughs> Maybe they burnt off their fingerprints or something. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, Maybe John burnt off their fingerprints when they were, like, fucking kids. And Maybe. that's how. I would, yeah. I would believe that John would do that. Nah, it's actually been proven that if, even if you burn off your fingerprints, they'll grow back eventually. Oh, really? Okay, maybe yeah. they keep, maybe they keep it up. Yeah. That. Just any, any time they need to do a crime, just get just, out the lighter. Yep. <laughs> they do so many crimes, so many crimes. Ooh, you know what would make it really efficient if they just like heated up like a cast iron pan and just kind of went and got out, got them out of there. Mm. Yeah, I There's think the thing that's one been thing, you know what? I definitely think that Sam and Dean carry around cast iron with all of their oh, shit. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, how else are they going to make their cornbread? <laughs> you know, they probably have access to cast iron now that they have a kitchen. Yeah. Um, any other final thoughts, comments, questions, concerns, hopes, dreams, wishes, realities? Nah. All right. Well... I think that's it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Until next week, if you want to hear more from us, you can check out our website, habcast.com, where you can find links to all of our social media, including our Facebook page, Hey Ass But a Supernatural Podcast. Um, That page has been, like, getting a lot of followers recently, despite the fact that we never post there. So thank you if you followed (laughs) that page. Go go follow it. And, you know, maybe we'll uh, remember to post there eventually. Um, No, we will. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Whatever. also, you can find a link to our Twitter and Instagram at Habcast. Twitter is definitely our most active social media site. Uh, you can also find the link to the other show we do, LSA or Let's Shagass, where we watch things that supernatural actors have been in that are not supernatural. It's a super fun show. Joining it helps support the show. Um, if you also join our Discord or our uh, Patreon for one dollar, you get access to the official Habcast Discord. You can come chat with us, chat with other fans of the show and Supernatural. That's also very fun. Check it out. Uh, until
until next time, have fun. And don't die. Bye.